Welcome to Your Home Helper Podcast, where we cover topics surrounding home maintenance, home renovations, and valuable tips prior to buying and selling your next home. So if you're a homeowner or a future homeowner, sit back and listen closely for key tools to help you turn your house into a better home for everyday living. Thank you guys for tuning in to Your Home Helper Podcast, where we talk about everything related to real estate buying and selling, home improvement tips, as well as DIY projects for everyday living. Today, we have a wonderful guest today, a commercial real estate agent. And I know you're probably wondering, Inspector Q, why do you have a commercial real estate agent on your podcast? Well, just give me a second to explain to you. If you meet the qualifications or you're in any one of these professions relating to a barber, a pastor, or even, let's say, an attorney, you may want to think about purchasing a commercial property that is mixed use, uh, where you can also live in, but also have a, a conductive, conductive space to run your own business. So I want you to take the time out to, to take a, a good listen with uh, our commercial real estate agent here has to say, because you're going to have some great information that can help you for your everyday living, as well as your business needs. Stay tuned. Hey guys, let's get right into it. How you doing today, Michael? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing good. I'm just, I can't can't imagine like it being a better Friday, man. Honestly, oh, man. it's a wonderful day. Yeah. It's a wonderful day, and uh, the people have been waiting for this information. Uh, I, I hyped it up probably a little bit during the week. <laughs> <laughs> I hyped it up. It's about, a good way to do it. It's know, a good way to come in. Yeah, you know. You know so, so they're they're really wondering. Okay. Um, how can commercial real estate be a good thing for me as a homeowner? And But before we go into those details, I, I got, we got a lot of questions about that. Um, let's start off basic. What is, what is a mixed-use property and how can that be defined? Great. So um, a mixed-use property is essentially two different assets coming together underneath one property. Um, that could be anywhere between an office space or a retail space or uh, multifamily in a retail space. That's what you see more common these days. You'll see on the top side, you'll see you know condo um, apartments uh, where people are living in. And then on the bottom side, you'll see retail where stores are shopping from, you know, or where they can shop and live. Um, we have a lot of similar products coming online in the state of Florida that, that, that want to keep that home, life, work, all in one central location. Okay. And so that's what they're pushing towards more in their developments. Ah, hey, you guys, you better listen up. Clearly, they got some new developments on the rise. So uh, let's move to our second question here. So guys, here's another great question that is always coming to my attention in regards to homeowners thinking about uh, mixed-use properties. They want to know uh, what are some of the important factors for homeowners to consider when purchasing a mixed-use property? Um, so can you dive in a little bit into that? What are some of the important factors they need to consider when buying a mixed-use property? Sure. So some of the important factors that you're going to want to consider is, um, you know, is, is it making a profit? What do I have to do to get it uh, fixed up so it can make a profit? Uh, most commercial real estate is valued off the profit that it generates. It's not valued off the if you can live in there, if you can work your business out of it. It's It's mainly generating if you have a tenant in there. How profitable is your building after you pay all your expenses from that building? Okay. So that's the major thing that it's, it's based off of. And then afterwards, is it a wise investment decision for where you're at, personally speaking? 
And that's how most of our deals come together. It's, you know, maybe someone's transitioning from a smaller unit to a larger unit. Maybe they're transitioning from a larger unit to a smaller unit. It really just depends on where their financials are looking like at that time. Okay. And if it's a good decision for them to tie it up into a piece of property. Mm. So if I'm, let's say, a barber and I'm looking to, um, you know, dive into the, the barbershop space and, and get my own setup, uh, you know, what type of commercial property should I be looking for if I wanted a mixed use property? Should it maybe somewhere downtown or, um, you know, would you be able to kind of uh, give somebody a direction in regards to that particular trade? Sure. So for a barber specifically, the one of the greatest thing that you could probably do is do a mixed use where you have a condominium or apartments on top of you. Mm -hmm. So you have people paying you rent or maybe you can even live there yourself. Okay. And then you might have another retail store on to the side and that retail tenant would be paying you rent as well. Mm -hmm. So you can run your shop, have a shop paying you, have maybe a couple of units where people yeah. are paying you rent and then you live for free there too. Yes. So you almost have a full circle right there. And then let's just say if you have a vehicle, you go out for your groceries, stuff like that, that's all local. Mm -hmm. So you don't really have to go anywhere and you're making money from where you're staying. Hand over fist right there. That's a blessing. <laughs> that's, a, that's a blessing. That's what we came for right here. Uh, next question. How does the process of purchasing a mixed use property differ from purchasing a traditional residential property? The, the process is pretty similar um, as far as getting it together, um, understanding your inspections, understanding what's wrong with the building, what updates need to be had in order to attract a, appropriate tenants. Um, and then afterwards is your financing, um, ability to do that, and then closing. So okay. it's, it's pretty much the same thing, straightforward, just the numbers are different. Okay. Um, when it comes to getting into a commercial space, on average is 30% down on most of the loans. So um, the bank's only willing to, to, at maximum, if you if you have really good um, financial flows and things like that, they might do 75%, but typically to standard is about 70% of the loan on. Okay. So let's just say the property costs $1 million, mm -hmm. it'd be $300,000 as a down payment to get into the space. Okay. Hey, you gotta have your money up if you're ready to go commercial, uh, but it's still great benefit if you're gonna see why. Uh, soon. Uh, next question here. So, Michael, um, we talk, we're, talk, we're talking a little bit about the finances now. Um, how can a person that is buying a mixed-use property know that they're getting a good deal? Because it's different than real residential, right? Mm -hmm. uh, where you can easily, you know, uh, look at the next door neighbor uh, and see what they're sold their house for. Um, but this is commercial. This is a little different, or is it quite the same? Um, no, it's, it, in that <laughs> regards, it's completely different. Okay. It, it is based on the property itself, mm -hmm. it's hard to compare. Even if you have in a complex, you have two large office space, like the one yeah. that we're in right now, yes. this could be making a completely different revenue stream than the one right next door in the same parking lot. Wow. You know, it just depends on who's the tenants, yeah. what they're paying and things of that nature. That's the whole valuation of the property, mm -hmm. you know? And there's a lot of synergistic things with tenants similar tenants being in the building okay. actually generates higher profits, which, you know, allows you to increase your rent too. Yes. So that also comes into play with mm -hmm. a larger commercial space, but a smaller space that we were kind of talking about before where you maybe have like two, three units yeah. and then you have two retail spaces. Mm -hmm. It's on, along the same lines, but uh, way more tamped down okay. in, in the sense of how much it's really going to cost you. Um, the one that I was referring to before, that's only $600,000 okay. as, a, as a total um, for sale budget. 
And getting into a unit like that, you only really need to turn a profit about, you know, fifty or sixty thousand dollars a year mm. in profit, and you're making a great deal. Mm. You know? Okay. So it just really depends on um your tenants yeah. and the 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 building and the condition that it's in. Yeah, because you know, when it comes to re- commercial, you you may, like you said, have a, a bigger property versus a smaller property right next to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this just goes to show how important a commercial real estate agent is to kind of help you uh, conquer, hey, this is way outside the norm for, uh, uh, for this particular property. All right, yeah, this is a good deal. Uh, because nobody should really be doing this type of stuff on their own. I believe so. Uh, you know, yeah. just from based on, you know, just the three questions that we addressed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody should be doing this on their own. So please uh, seek the help of a professional when it comes to commercial real estate, preferably Michael in regards to uh, commercial real estate. All right. Next question. Let's say now a homeowner actually moves into a multi-use property mm-hmm. or a mixed use property. Oh, forgive me. What are some of the problems that they may encounter in this particular property now they actually went on and bought the property and now have, let's say, uh, tenants uh, leasing out the commercial space. Um, You know, maybe they have uh, some residential, uh, another unit that's being rented out. What are some of those additional um, issues that may arise as a commercial uh, uh, investor or commercial owner? Sure. Um, If you're not familiar with the commercial space, the leases are different. Mm. So on average, you in when you're running out an apartment or you're running out your home, you'll do about 12 months to 18 months as a lease contract. In commercial, we do three to five. Ah. And then we also do it differently when we negotiate our expenses on the property. Mm-hmm. So we do things called like a triple net lease where the yeah. tenant itself pays for our taxes. Mm-hmm. The tenant pays for our utilities, our bills on the property. Yeah. The, uh, the tenant also pays for insurance on the property. So usually all that is, all your expenses for the whole entire property or that space is baked into the rent. Okay. So by the end of the year, you don't have to worry about, hey, do I have to, did I save enough in my earnings to pay for my insurance? No, it gets paid every single month. Mm, you know? Okay. Ah, triple net lease. That's something that <laughs> that's a new to, uh, definitely different from the residential. Uh, yeah. Because there's no deal. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely a good deal from uh, the owner's perspective, right? Uh, next question. Now, home homeowners are, let's say, let's back up two steps. Uh, they're still in the consideration phase and they want to know, is this a good opportunity for me to buy a mixed use property or should I just go residential? Can you explain the opportunity side from from a multi uh, from a mixed use property? I, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but can we go a little bit deeper on the opportunity? Sure. So the best way to evaluate a property is, like I said, again, on cash flow. Mm-hmm. So for instance, let's just make the generic example that we've been using all this podcast is the, the property originally was $600,000. Mm-hmm. But after all of our net, we were making $50,000. Okay. So this particular landlord, he owned the property in cash. Mm-hmm. So that $50,000 was just coming to his personal. Mm-hmm. So what we would do is, you know, the $50,000 divided by $600,000. That's mm-hmm. your return yeah. cash on cash every single year. Okay. That's how you find out if that's a good investment or not. Mm. Um, that could be, you know, it could be higher if you maybe add some value to the property and get, maybe get another tenant in there and they're mm-hmm. paying more. So that can turn into $60,000 a year, yep. cash on cash. That's a 10% return. Wow. Every single year you own the property or every single year those tenants are in the space. That's more than the stock market. You know, <laughs> it, it really just depends yeah. on your tenants paying you the money okay. and then what you have expense wise to either um, pay to somebody or keep in your pocket. So 
Um, if you do have debt service that mm -hmm. comes out of your net profit or net uh, net revenue, but honestly speaking, it, it really just depends on the loan that you get at that point in time. Mm -hmm. um, the people that we're working with that, that end up purchasing it, they purchase it in cash as well. Mm -hmm. And then they ended up putting some more um, value into the property or equity into the property. And now it's getting them about a 9.8% return. That is terrific returns, uh, especially in a, an economy right now where the stock market is not so hot. Uh, a, lot, a lot of people are kind of backing off um, stocks and, and going more so into bonds. But this is another great avenue for them to transition if they're thinking about really utilizing their money in a way that can help you know, pay them for it uh, rather than just putting it into a, a real safe investment that may only do about 2%. Uh, worse than that, leave it inside of a savings account, which is 0 0.0001. Yeah. One, you, know? you get it back at the end of the year, yeah. you're like, that hurts. Yeah. You know, <laughs> got a $2 for your, uh, for your uh, money from your interest that you gave. Yeah, that doesn't look good at all. The next question is, what are some of the, the potential risk associated with owning a mixed-use property and how can it be mitigated? Mm -hmm. So some of the risks are um, obviously the building itself mm -hmm. you know that's why we rely on people like you um to do the inspections that you do because if i'm coming into a property and maybe the electrical is older than it than i'm foreseeing yeah that's an expensive um very expensive yeah, very. to do you know anything in commercial uh as far as building on the property or doing construction to the property mm -hmm. is generally more expensive okay the one good thing i will say is nine times out of ten you can push those expenses mm -hmm. through to your tenants ah. So the okay. tenants will pay you extra money for a better space. Okay. It just depends. Obviously, you can't um, be in the middle of a rough neighborhood and build an A-class building and expect somebody to come, you know, in an A-class yeah. site when it's not an A-class neighborhood. Yeah, you got to make it make sense. You got to make it make sense. You got to <laughs> okay. build it around. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. All right. I hope you heard what he said. Get the inspection. That's what I heard. <laughs> Get the commercial inspection. Make sure that you're buying something that, uh, that is worth the value that you're paying it at. Uh, you may have electrical issues. You may have uh, plumbing issues. Uh, get those things uh, identified during the inspection so possibly you can negotiate with the actual uh, seller in order to drop the cost or get those things credited back to you uh, in some type of way or form. So um, I know for a fact from, from a residential side, easily um, when we come across a house that has a lot of problems or defects, it can add about 50000 uh, $75,000 worth of work. And we're speaking about possibly a commercial building that is a million dollar property, um, if average at a million dollar sales price. So uh, you really want to uh, don't take uh, the commercial real estate um, lightly when it comes down to getting your inspection. So um, uh, man, that was good information, Michael. So let's talk about management perspective, because let's say the person that is uh, purchasing the mixed use property is a pastor um, that is you know, he has a personal residence there, um, as well as he has, you know, of course, a church um, that has their space, as well as maybe an additional um, uh, commercial space for somebody that they're leasing it out to. Now, since they're busy doing, you know, of course, the day to day life of uh, leading uh, their congregation and doing, you know, the personal uh, du uh, duties to, to their home, um, who can they put in? Who can they look to in, in regards to management or should they try to manage this on their own? Well, for the smaller properties, I think, especially if you're living on site, mm -hmm. you could probably manage it yourself. Okay. Um, as far as commercial leases go, um, they're pretty quick and straightforward and they last a long time. 
Okay. So you might have to hire a res or a commercial agent to do the lease for you, market the space and things of that nature. But once that tenant's in there, mm -hmm. it, he's in there. Okay. And then typically how the lease is structured, uh, that it's on the tenant's responsibility to take on care of everything in the so inside. Okay. So it's similar to like a condominium complex. Mm -hmm. The inside is yours, yeah. outside is theirs. You know, so um, you could probably do it yourself. Um, as far as the apartments uh, where the pastor is living and things of that nature, mm. that's on the dealer's choice. Because to me, it's not that hard to do a, a lease yes. turnover, but mm. it just depends if you have a lot of turnover for that particular mm. property. Yeah, you have a lot of turnover. If I was a pastor, I would you know maybe leave it to a management company to mm -hmm. to get it done. Yeah, but if it's only two or three units. I could probably do it once or twice a year, maybe every January. I'm expecting to either market the space yeah. or renew for my tenant to get there. Okay. So I mean that property is pretty small enough, and especially if you're living there, mm -hmm. you're 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 touching everybody every day. Yes. It's a community mm -hmm. at that point in True. time. True sure indeed. You know. You know. So you know that answers the question. Great. Um, you know, if you have a smaller property where you feel though as if you can manage on your own, go ahead and you know be your guest and do that. But you also have, have to be honest with yourself if you have enough time invested. Um, if you have, uh, if you feel though as if maybe you're not the, the social type of person, <laughs> mm -hmm. you may want to consider your, your character trait in regards to uh, are you okay with dealing with these individuals from a, a uh, business standpoint um, as well, because you are living there. So consider that too as well. Um, but hey, I had a pleasure today, uh, you know, as you might, as my guest. Um, we got to do this again. Absolutely. <laughs> we got to do because there's Absolutely. so many other questions that we didn't address. <laughs> so many other properties yeah. that we have too. Yeah. So, I mean, this was on one of the assets, which is a mixed use asset. But yeah. I mean, in commercial real estate, there's, you know, there's five or six different assets. Yeah. Quickly just tell them the different type of commercial properties. Sure. So, uh, what we mainly deal with at ISL Commercial, we do uh, warehouse or industrial, office space, retail, land. And that's where we end off, but there is multifamily as well. So again, this is Michael Voss here with us today, commercial real estate agent with ISL. Um, please uh, stay, uh, get in touch with him with any commercial real estate needs that you, you may have. Um, he's, as you can tell, a, uh, a breadth of knowledge, um, great uh, person that you wanna conversate if you're even thinking about making that move. Um, don't wait till you actually have the funds to do it. If you're thinking about going into that space and you have those ideas, uh, reach out to somebody that can kind of steer you in the right direction, so they can know what your are, uh, what your, what your, you know, what your uphill battle may be, or with it may not be be a battle at all. It may be something that you can smoothly run into. But get with a professional like Michael to assist you with that. Uh, do you have an Instagram that you want to shout out to him? Or? I don't have an Instagram, but I have a LinkedIn. Um, you can always find me at Michael Voss. I'm with ISL um, Investment Sales and Leasing. Um, so you can find me there. I'm, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Awesome. Hey. Again, guys, we thank you for joining us here at Your Home Helper Podcast, where we provide tips on uh, home, home improvement, DIY projects, and everything related to selling and buying real estate. Um, please check in again for our next video, as well as our next episode uh, on our podcast, as well as on YouTube. Thank you again. Thanks.